In his second letter to Timothy, the Apostle Paul writes these words, I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, and by his appearing and by his kingdom, preach the word. Be urgent, in season and out of season. Convince, rebuke, and exhort. Be unfailing in patience and in teaching. This is In Season and Out of Season, a Bible teaching ministry with Father Tom DiLorenzo. Good day, it's Father Tom and Eleanor McCullen today. We're here to talk about Jesus. We're here to talk about what's happening, a holocaust of children being killed in Planned Parenthood throughout the world, and no one even mentions it. No one even talks about it. We are, but there are a few. I know Father Ron Barker does, but no, most people don't. Once in a while, here we pray for the unborn, but we need people to know it's a holocaust that's happening. Children are being killed, dismembered, dismembered, and no one's, not many people are even accepting a word to speak about it, to speak against it. It's time for us to do something. There's money, many more than 60 million children that have died and 60 million women who have been mourning for their children. So today we're talking about the Holocaust and we're talking about having children and we're talking about maybe you go to 1055 Commonwealth Avenue and pray and bring your Bible and read the scripture. Absolutely good advice, Father. Hello, everyone, and nice to be with you this morning, Father. And um, what I have been finding is that with the turnaround of the uh, federal ban on abortion in June, which, hallelujah, oh, is an amazing miracle, but people seem to be just saying, okay, well, that happened in June, so now it's all over. We can just relax now. But, Father, that was just the beginning. And so I think your uh, advice is to stay focused, to bring back the unborn on the front burner, to bring back that, that you remember, uh, well, actually, I've heard Biden say that we should be, um, all people are, good and he said we are created he said go back to genesis we are created in the image and likeness of god which is true but if that is true then how can the abortion problem continue if that baby in the womb it is a baby and it is human and if that little baby that little fetus is made in the image and likeness of god which the opposite side that agree with abortion would agree with that. Well, then what happens with the baby in the womb? That is still the image and likeness of God. And how can we then say, well, and be reckless about it and take the life of that child out of the womb? I mean, it doesn't compute. Something is wrong here. But yes, we ha we, we're not finished. That was a beautiful miracle. And at this time, we thank you, Lord. We thank you, Father Almighty. You are amazing, Father. It's a miracle. It now is in rests in the hands of the states, which is good.
and abortions have gone down. Maybe if there were a million abortions in a year, we we might be doing uh, 800,000. So it's still a holocaust. I mean, abortions are less and women are more joyful because they did not have that regret. They did not go ahead and take that baby's life, stop that heart beating, stop that heart beating that begins to a beat at 21 days. So the, the women are more joyful and we have more children being born. But having said that, there are still too many abortions. So we, we, It'd be fun to rest on our laurels and say, well, I guess it's all over, but it's it's not. And so very, very good of you, Father, to bring it back up again, bringing it up to the rabbis, the priests, the ministers, the lay people. And of course, prayer, prayer is powerful. And prayer got us that uh, reversal in June. But we have to pray and have action. We have to do something. Uh, and and there's so many things that we can do. You, you probably can't even think of them, but you can wear that little tiny pin, the little foot pin. And then when someone says, what is it? You have to start talking. Say, those are the feet of a little tiny baby in the womb. And uh, that's how you begin to educate. Education is still quite important in this day and age. We still don't understand the, the, the body and what goes on. But the heart starts beating at 21 to 26 days. Brain waves are functioning at 10 weeks. Um, there's so many things if you could become educated and then start to speak about it. Now, people might not want to hear, but just begin. And maybe you'll get one person out of five that will say, yeah, well, tell me more. So don't be afraid. That's the other thing. I think we're afraid to speak up and we're afraid that there people are going to say, oh, you know, I don't know what they're going to say, but they're going to roll their eyes and they're going to want to leave. But that's something we can do. We can get educated. We can preach life. We can uh, still don't give up on going to the mass and asking the priest at the uh, prayers of the faithful to say that a life is precious from the moment of conception to natural death. Let us pray to the Lord. Go to the ministers and the rabbis. So it, you have to get out of your comfort zone to do that. It, it's not easy to do, to begin to have action connected with your prayers. And whether it's calling legislators that are making these laws, especially in Massachusetts, find out the states where they're allowing abortion all the way up through the nine months, do some homework. It's it's uncomfortable. Maybe you'd rather read a book. Maybe you'd rather take a walk. You can still do that, but spend some time on the things I'm talking about. Step out of your comfort zone. It's not easy. I love my comfort zone. I, I remember, Father, when I was working at Planned Parenthood 20 years ago after you encouraged me to pray outside of Planned Parenthood, I was very happy. I was praying for six months with two gentlemen. I would just pray and then go home. I was comfortable. I love being in my comfort zone. Like who doesn't? And then one day after six months, the um, I received a call that one of the counselors was sick and would I take her place? Well, 
honestly, I, I thought I was going to have a heart attack. I said, no, I can't do that. I, can't, I, I, I don't know what to say. I like just praying in the background. I don't know what to do. And, and, and honestly, I still remember that. I, I didn't want to come out. I just wanted to pray for the rest of my life. But the Lord had something else in mind, which makes you wonder when things, when doors close and you, and you, and you wonder you're being called to something deeper and you say, I can't do that. Well, then father has always taught us to take that step in faith to say, okay, let me, I don't want to do it. I like my comfort zone. I'm not going to call anybody about the, the uh, abortion issue. I'm not going to do homework, but then I'm asking you, this is what we're called. All of the, the people that are God's children that are against abortion, we must not forget to keep fighting for those unborn children, those children that would like to be born. And and however you want to do it, get educated, do something and put that with your prayer. And so I'm calling everyone to come out of their comfort zone. We still have a long way to go to save these beautiful, beautiful children, these miracles of God. And they are made in the image and likeness of God. When you kiss a baby, Father, there's a little prayer card. When you kiss a baby, it's kissing the face of God. I mean, when you think about that, how can you possibly... uh, how can you possibly stop that heart from beating? A little bit later, I'll give you my telephone number, and certainly people can call me for some ideas. But for right now, I'll pass it on to you, Father. I'm reading from the Scripture. Hear my prayer, O Lord. Let my cry for the unborn come to you. Do not hide your face from me in the day of my distress. Incline your ear to me for the unborn. Answer me speedily in the day when I call. What can I do? You can go to 1055 Commonwealth Avenue and use your rosary beads or read your scriptures. They hate people being outside. They hate people that are praying because people that are coming in get embarrassed and some of them leave. We'll never know how many have left because people were in front of the abortion mill. We'll never know how many have left. Abortion is a sin against creation and against the Creator. Also, transgenderism is a sin against creation and the Creator. Father, you're very true about when you don't know how many people are saved. And the Lord said, uh, whenever you do something for my glory, it's never wasted. So we believe that our presence there as a witness for the unborn and for the mothers, the women, we cannot forget the mothers. They're very important that they're, they're, we're, we're there for them. And we know that the Lord maybe changes minds in the car when they drive by. We don't have to know. Uh, we have to be faithful 
but we don't have to see our success. But we know it's happening because everything we're doing, it's not for us, it's, it's for the glory of God. And you've been chosen to come out. You, whoever's listening, you've been chosen to come out now and do something, to do, to do the action along with your prayer, whatever that would be. And people do go away, and it's amazing to see. And I had a call just the other day. It appeared that this young lady had gone ahead with the abortion. So, you know, that's always hard to take. But then I just got a call. She said, oh, I'm so sorry I didn't call you for so many months, but everything is fine. And I'm having the baby, and, and the baby's coming in February. I think it's going to be a Valentine baby. So, in other words, things happen, and you just trust God, and you just know that for his glory, everything will work well, and it will be good. So, But you have to step out. You have to take that step in faith. And if, if you read, like, so many times in the Bible, you know what I think would be interesting, Father, is to write down all the promises that Christ made, that God has made to us. There's so many, and we, I, I'm, I'm getting, a, I'm going a little bit blank, but I'll think of something like, I will never leave you. I will never leave you. I will never abandon you. I love you with an everlasting love. And um, somewhere in Job, I think it says, I will make streams out of the desert. And, oh, gosh, oh, how about this one? Um, I will put laughter in your heart. I will put laughter in your soul and your mouth. So there's so many. There's like hundreds of promises from our God. And, and if we could all put them in a book, <laughs> write them all down, because we have to remember those promises. And, he, and the promises, one of the promises are you step out. I will give you the words, but you step out in faith. I will, I will hold your hand. And, and I'm talking to, this could be working for the unborn, working for the mothers, but how about somebody that's pregnant right now? And, and uh, it's a husband and wife, maybe a boyfriend and a girlfriend, and they're scared. They don't know what to do. So there again, you have to look at the promises of Christ, the promises, promises of our God. I will hold your hand. Don't look at the negative. Don't look at the obstacles. Look at me. I will help you. I will bring forth a miracle, a miracle. You will have joy in your heart, and I will never leave you. I love you. So find all the things in the gospel. There is a book, I guess, Father just showed me this person uh, of the promises of Christ. And yeah, it's good to read that every day because somehow we forget we're human and things get upside down and full of stress and the obstacles seem huge. But then if we, if we remember what Jesus said, and he does not lie, he brings about his promises all the time, 100%. So I'm asking anyone that is pregnant right now to call me and um, and accept this beautiful miracle, the miracle of life. You're creating a human being. I mean, how how is this is like beyond the beyond of thinking about how can we do this? But it, we can and we do and we will. And it's God's promise that this is what he wants. Multiply. So before we go, remind me, Father, to leave my number. We can help the mothers and the fathers. It's very important that we address the mothers right now that may be listening. And I'm available for all kinds of help. And um, 
Which reminds me, Father, that when um, I I didn't tell you about Washington, is this a good time? (laughs) Father said it's a good time. But I went to Washington in March, last March. And uh, if you remember, Judge Jackson was going forward to become a Supreme Court justice. And the reason I bring this up now is that I was a secondary witness because she did not think that we were helping women. She was against uh, speaking out, and she absolutely did not like any counselors. She, uh, she wanted them banished. So I came in as a secondary witness. To, I spoke for thousands of uh, counselors that are there speaking about how we do help, how we do care about the women, how we uh, hold their hand, how we love them. And we, the Lord gives you a love for these mothers and fathers right from the first minute that you talk to them. So I gave, I talked about my testimony as far as how we say good morning, how can we help you, what's going on, and and then we take them for the ultrasound, then we stay with them for nine months and beyond. So I I portrayed truthfully the way that thousands of counselors do across the country. But for some reason, she wrote a terrible essay against us. And my job was to show that we she was wrong in that and that we are good people. So that's what we do. We um, We help women and we help the babies. And that's the most important thing we can do. And Father, you know, someone asked me, did anyone ever come to you and say, oh, you know, I wish I never talked to you. I wish I never had that baby. Father, in 22 years, I can truthfully say that no one has ever said that to me. On the contrary... I many, thank you, Eleanor. Thank you for being there. I cannot believe I was rude to you that day. Thank you so much. Um, This child, well, remember the story of the father that wanted his child, his daughter to go to college and she was pregnant and they came over and he didn't, he wasn't too happy with me because she did decide to keep the baby and um, she we lived with her father and mother. And one night, remember, Father, at about 11 in the, at night, or maybe it was 2 in the morning, he called me, and I said, hi. He, he said, oh, he said, I just have to tell you, I'm looking at the baby in the crib, and the baby boy is the joy of my life. And again, I apologize. I know I was rude. And thank you. Thank you for being there. Thank you for helping us. Thank you for not giving up on me. Thank you for holding my hand. Thank you for all the practical things you can do. You have to do practical things, too. You have to supply items that they need. You have to help with the rent. You have to, you know, that's important, too. So, that, I told that story when I was in Washington. Um, Judge Jackson went on to become a Supreme Court justice, but I did the best I could uh, on that particular day. And then, Father, at the end of my talk, I gave a story. When you're in Washington, I was in front of the whole committee. You only have eight minutes. So um, I had to 
keep it short, if you can believe me keeping something short. So they said, well, can you end with a story? I said, well, my stories tend to be long, but I'll give you one story. And it kind of sums it up. So I'm going to give that story to you now. And this is a story that happened now about six months ago. I was sitting at the kitchen table and the telephone rang. Hello? Is this Eleanor? Yes, it is. Oh my gosh, I can't believe it's Eleanor. Oh yeah, I'm, st I'm still here. And they said, well, you know what? I was looking through my baby book. And I had the baby book and I had my little baby's picture. And as a three-year-old, a little baby girl, and underneath the picture was my card, which I give out thousands of my card, Hope, Help, Love, and Eleanor, and my telephone number. So she said, I thought, well, I'll just call the number and see what happens. She said, I can't believe you answered, but I have to tell you. She said, you know, we had the little girl, and we named her Rose. And she's 18 now. She's going to be a senior in high school. And I just want to thank you. Thank you. You helped me. You gave me that baby shower. I had forgotten that, to be honest. I said, really? She said, oh, yeah. She said, every, I got everything that you promised. And she said, and so now, as a result of that call six months later, now I keep in touch with the young girl. She graduated from college, and now she, I mean, she graduated from high school, and now she's a freshman in college. So I think our friendship will be renewed. But that was a story that I was able to fit in the eight minutes when I was giving my testimony, and it said it all. It said they're thankful, the baby girl, there was help available. We just don't say good luck to you. We have to hold their hand and supply emotional, spiritual, and practical items, and that's what we did. So I thought I'd report that story to you, Father. Give you a telephone number. Oh, sure. Um, please call. It's 617-733-2264. And I live in Newton, and people come over to the house. And um, anyway, just call me. We'll begin with a call. If you're pregnant or if you know one, someone who's pregnant, and maybe, let me say this, Father, right now. If, say you Maybe you didn't see me or somebody else and you went ahead, you thought that was the best thing, you went ahead and had the abortion, still call me because I can help you with that too. We'll talk about the mercy of God, the mercy of Jesus, and I'll hold your hand through that decision that you made. So call me, please. I'm available. I'm still available, Father. 617 2264-617-733-2264. We are a voice for the voiceless, and the unborn child is voiceless. Someone needs to speak up for her or for him. We need to pray that God would end this Holocaust and how do we do it? The best way is to stand by an abortion place and pray 
silently or read your scriptures. That's the best way because people turn around when they see people in front of the abortion clinic. That's so true, Father. And, you know, there are people that can't come out. Maybe they're working or maybe they have little children at home. And But still, that's all right for now. You can, there's where your prayer would come in. And then you can get educated. You can do a lot at home by finding out about the baby in the womb. And you can educate friends. You can bring it up. So there's still things you can do if you can't go out to Planned Parenthood. But I think the, the gist of what Father and I are saying is it's not not over yet. There's still little boys and little girls today that are, their lives are being snuffed out. As you started out, it's a holocaust. It's a, it, it, it's just unbelievable that it's happening. And you know what, Father? It's like it, people are getting so used to it now. Nowadays, they're talking about some kind of pill you can pick up at the CVS. I mean, it's getting it's getting to be. We have you, especially Father. You're on the radio for 44 years. You have to keep preaching life because everybody's getting so used to it. It's getting so easy. You can get pills on tele, whatever, I don't know. But so, but we can't afford to rest. We have to keep fighting because think of it as a little boy or little girl that would like to be born. And we are, like you say, the voice of the voiceless and we're there to help people. And if you saw a little girl like climbing across, like people say, well, why don't why do you get involved? It's because it's a human being and it's made in the image and likeness of God. And there's a miracle ahead for you, a beautiful miracle of life. 617-733-2264. That's the telephone number to speak with Eleanor. And maybe there's a pregnant lady listening to us today and you're all mixed up. It's time to get peace. Jesus said, my peace I leave with you, my peace I give you, not as the world gives it, do I give it. Let not your heart be troubled. Hear that word today. Let not your heart be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me, Jesus said, and let not your heart be troubled. God bless you. This has been In Season and Out of Season with Father Tom DiLorenzo. A tape of this week's series of messages is available to you with a donation when you write to this new address, Father Tom DiLorenzo, P.O. Box 602, East Boston, Mass. 02128. Please make a note of it. And remember that this ministry is supported only by the donations of listeners, so please help as the Lord leads you. That new address again is Father Tom DiLorenzo, P.O. Box 602, East Boston, Mass., 02128. And be sure to listen again next time for In Season and Out of Season. Oh.